This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. I'm going to talk to a few of the guys tomorrow and get their, get their feedback on why. Let's say, you know, I've got to talk to the players and see, okay, we, we had nothing going for the whole, well, we, at spurts. So I want them to explain to me what they're, what they're feeling. Rick Bonus uh, putting on his investigation hat, uh, grabbing his Sherlock Holmes pipe. Um, help magnifying me. Gl- help you. Help you. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to get into, the, of course, the Buffalo Sabres game yesterday for the Winnipeg Jets. 3-2 loss. Uh, 3-2 loss. Do you think it's uh, as a group or do you think it's individual? Okay, thanks, Josh. Hi, Pierre. Help me. <laughs> Help you. I don't know what's going on, but I know that there Thanks, was some Pierre. stern. Hi, Mark. I'm not sure Rick Bonus went in there yelling, but I'm sure there was some stern talking to as he's trying to figure out what the heck happened last night. 3-2. The Jets almost come back and tie the game, but um, they got the boots taken to him yesterday. He was incredible in the postgame last oh, night. Oh, yeah. Well, like I, and we'll talk to the fans later on in the program about this, but yeah. I, I mean, he hits things direct on and kind of what this team needed. We all know that, but again, last night just facing it head on and addressing it. Yeah, we'll get to that after 12.30. Uh, Sarah McCarthy will have your news at 12.30. But first, uh, very excited to have on the program today Darren Drager, NHL Insider on TSN with us. Darren, thanks so much for doing this. Hey, guys. It's uh, good to be back. Haven't been on for a while. It's been too long, Dregs. Did you bring (laughs) something over to consume while we're here again, or is it we didn't invite Uh, you soon enough? No, no. Notice was a bit late. It came in yesterday. We didn't have to do shopping, but uh, I promise you, next time I'm out that way, I'll make good on it. The exposure uh, of the inner workings of booking on Jet Set News. Yeah, I know. I know Bob McKenzie's got those margaritas. I don't know. I think he probably got an inside track to get those, eh, Darren? But uh, good to have you. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, what, what's most intriguing right now to you about this trade deadline? Is it as it's fast approaching, a little over a month away? Well, normally it's, you know, you look at the rental market and, you know, there's always a good amount of expiring contracts that are in play. Every team has them and every team has to make a decision to make. But, you know, this year it feels like the top end of of the pending unrestricted free agents are most intriguing. Uh, The problem is we have been speculating and talking about the same guys for several weeks now. Mm -hmm. And you're looking at Bo Horvat, you're looking at Ryan O'Reilly, even though he's hurt and he's going to be out for a while. You're looking at Tarasenko, you're looking at the crop of uh, unrestricted free agent defensemen in a market that there are still, you know, at least a few teams that are borderline desperate for a defenseman, yet nobody is, is willing to make that move. Um, so beyond that, and that seems pretty obvious, because as I said, every team has to wrestle with their unrestricted free agents and make that decision. Um, beyond that, though, you then look at some of the other guys that, that have some term uh, and some of the other teams that are embracing either a retool or a renovation. And we see that in Vancouver, and we obviously have seen that to this point in Montreal. So a couple of Canadian markets that I think are going to be very important to the success rate of this trade deadline coming up along those lines we've been discussing the past week i think everybody has and of course we watch you and the insiders dregs but um wondering about kevin shovel day off instead of doing you know this is job one this is job two is it not one a one b concerning this offseason that obviously want to augment this lineup that that has been playing very well and is fighting for the top of the the division in the west and the west is wide open yeah. but also have to look long term that you know if i could bring so and so in 
Um, one of the big names has to sign here. And, and if it's not going to be Dubois, yeah. and who knows how much Shifley wants, does he not have to sort of augment this lineup while all the while keeping a peripheral vision on going into the future years of maybe a Meyer or or even a, a Horvat or I hear Ryan O'Reilly, Tarasenko? Like, is it not part about, even if we bring this in, this makes us better now, but there's a chance maybe one of them stays as opposed to maybe the guys who might not. Well, whether or not that's a hard plan, there's no doubt that, you know, it's being discussed internally. Now, any of the individual players that you've identified, you know, it's hard to, to get too Pacific. And, um, and, and the, the problem with all of that, too, is some of these guys get to pick where they want to go, right? So, you know, I, I continue to see the speculation, Jonathan Taves with the Chicago Blackhawks. And we've already mentioned the, the St. Louis guys and Tarasenko and, uh, and Ryan O'Reilly, well, some of those guys have trade protection. And while they might be willing to waive, you know, they're probably waving to maybe one, two markets. And with all due respect, I mean, you guys know I'm a big fan of Winnipeg and, and have been since the days that I, I lived there. It can be challenging for all Canadian teams, not just Winnipeg. Because when you're a player, again, of the significance of, of Jonathan Taves as an example, and I, I like the, the romantic idea of him returning to Manitoba. Who doesn't buy into a storyline like that? But when you're a player of, of that significance and you've won three Stanley Cups, chances are you're being very, very selective. And the geography probably needs to fit your needs, the needs of your family. And then you look at, okay, well, where where is the best fit for me as a hockey player? And that's just as important. And maybe because of the Cups that Taves and Kane have, have already won in Chicago, it's less about chasing the Stanley Cup and more about having an opportunity to win the Stanley Cup, but making sure that it ticks all of the other boxes. So that's a long-winded way of, of me saying, I think Shovel Day Off is going to be involved in a lot of different things. I, I really do. And when you're planning and you're strategizing as a manager, you have to be mindful of what's coming up down the path. And that includes your you know, contracts you're going to have to pay attention to. And you know, when you look down at Winnipeg's roster, yeah, they're – there are going to be some tough negotiations and decisions that are going to have to be made on two, three, four different players who are core pieces of the Winnipeg Jets. So I don't think the majority of that work can be solved or done between now and March 3rd. The system is just too restrictive to do that. Um, when, when you're making more bold and uh, kind of foundational decisions and moves, more often than not, fellas, as you know, that happens in the off season where, where there's more flexibility in the financial workings of the national hockey league and more teams potentially involved. So I, I, I think Chevy's going to be in conversations. I know he is. And I think that he'd like to add pieces that are going to make the jets better for this season in a perfect world. Maybe that extends with some term, but there's no guarantee that you can get that done. It could be wishful thinking. Yeah, I was listening to your colleague, uh, Chris Johnson. He was saying the Winnipeg Jets are going to be projected to have about $7.5 million in cap space. So is it time for some big game hunting for the Winnipeg Jets? Well, yes, provided that that's where they're at at the trade deadline. You know, that's the thing that people don't, don't truly appreciate is you, know, you have to stay healthy to make sure that that cap space that you've accrued is intact when the deadline rolls around. And this was quality management, in my opinion, by not throwing players on LTIR, even though Winnipeg clearly had players that, that would have qualified for long-term injury status. 
So they could have access to that level of cap space. Yes, they could. And I think at that point, then for sure you're, you're big game hunting. Um, I just don't know that they've identified the one area of, of need. And I'm not talking about luxury items here. I'm talking about a need. You know, when you look at, at what they have up front, uh, and I've heard Jamie McLennan talk about this a fair bit, you know, especially at the middle of the ice. Let's, let's forget last night's game. All right, like that Buffalo Sabres team surprises a lot of clubs. They're a good team. They're fast. And the Winnipeg Jets, you know, they, they were on the receiving end of that last night. But I think that the pro scouts of the Winnipeg Jets have, have done some real good work. When you go back to the Baron trade, which, you know, I know that the scouts push for, you look at some of the free agent signings, um, you know, you look at, at how Kuhlman has come in to be a nice ad for the Winnipeg Jets in terms of helping that group get through a real difficult injury time. So, yeah, I mean, if you're pieing this guy shooting for the moon here, yeah, of course, you're going to look at some of the available forwards and say, well, I can envision that guy on the wing. Or, you know, he, he would help up the middle of the ice, take some pressure off the top three, whatever. Is it a need on defense? Maybe a 5-6 guy that, that adds a little bit more push? I honestly don't know that that group is entirely convinced yet or, or, you know, in tune with what is exactly the need. And they may not know that. You know, injury can still change a lot of things, and the market can change a lot of things. We've talked about the players that we believe and we know are in play. That's going to change in the next few weeks here, right, where mm-hmm. teams drop out of it entirely and decide, okay, well, we've got to shake something up here. We've got to make a direction change. And at that point, when you've got cap space like Winnipeg may have, that's when you take advantage of a player that maybe we're unaware of or even Chevrolet off and the Jets weren't expecting would be in play. And that's, along, cl- that's classic Chevy. Well, I was just going to say, along those lines, uh, Chevrolet has done that before. Like the Paul Stasny's, who wasn't even available and turns out was a conversation that November and he revisited yeah. at a deadline. Um, so along those lines, uh, Darren, are there any names, obviously we're talking Jets, and if you have any insight on that, but just in general that you know aren't out there that, say, whatever team it is, loses 12 of the next 14, and then all of a sudden right. a month from now they're going, okay, well, let's do something. Yeah. Who do you think the Jets would be looking at right now in case that happens, or maybe just generally the team that might might tank a little bit and then they would look at? Yeah, it's a hard question to, to answer at this point. It really is, um, you know, because of, of how tight and, and the fact that there's so much parity around the NHL, aside from the bottom feeders and, and the tops of each conference and, and all of those things. Um, again, not to harp on the St. Louis Blues, but it sure seems like that team is, is looking for a, a pretty big adjustment. Chris Johnson talked about Barbershop being in play. Okay, well, there's a name that we're, we're familiar with. Um, I look at, at the Montreal Canadiens. I keep hearing about Josh Anderson. Every time I check in, I'm told, no, nah, they don't want to trade Josh Anderson. You know, he's, he's got a good contract. They think that he's going to be part of, of building, uh, you know, a, a better future in the not-too-distant future for the Montreal Canadiens. But, you know, maybe something changes. Maybe something shifts. Uh, Ken Hughes made it abundantly clear he wanted three first-round picks. Uh, you know, he's got Joel Edmondson hurt right now. Where is he getting that extra first-round pick from, if, if that's a priority for Kent Hughes and the Montreal Canadiens? You know, and then you look at, at some of the other pieces that potentially could be in play. Again, uh, it's hard to say at this point, because we're, 
still so far away from March 3rd um, and, and ultimately the conclusion of the regular season. That's why I've learned, even though there's always a, a, a good amount of activity on the trade deadline, how many of those deals, fellas, are actually meaningful? Mm. You know, they're, normally they're, they're depth trades uh, or they're, they're teams that are just simply unloading uh, or they're, they're teams that are taking a significant risk in potentially overplaying for overpaying for a rental player that just doesn't pan out. I think what we've learned is we, we see a lot more trades that matter in the offseason and around the draft. We only got a couple, uh, well, about 30 seconds here, Dregs, but just wanted to get your thoughts on this, man. If this was last year, I'd look like a genius with how the team's playing, and it wasn't last year, and I look like an idiot. Uh, what do you make of this year's team? Basically the same, and, and how much credit do you give bonus and the change of the lot. coaching? Yeah, look, I mean, a lot of, of credit to Rick Bonus and the coaching staff by extension. Um, but the players have to buy in, right? You know, if you don't have that, then you, you're not going to have the level of success that the Jets have had. You know, talk about a bold move. Bones goes into that organization. You know, green as green can be there. I mean, he was looking right into the eyes of retirement. He would tell you that. I'm sure he has. Like, the phone rings. Yeah, he has. Hey, yeah, let's. Let's have a discussion about you maybe coming back as a head coach in the NHL. Um, so he gets to know some people. He understands what you know, some of the, the, the issues are, and he smacks them right in the face, right out of the gate. But the players bought in, and it took some pressure off guys like Blake Wheeler to be a hockey player and not have to carry the burden of everything else. So he deserves a, a ton of credit for that, no doubt about that. But again, when you look at how well the Jets have drafted and developed, and I mentioned what their pro scouts, uh, uh, pro scouts encouraged and, and some of the pieces that they brought in to help them get through injury, organizationally this group deserves a lot of credit. And I haven't even mentioned Connor Hellebuck, who is obviously back to Vesna form now. And anytime you've got a Vesna-quality goaltender, chances are you've got a very good coach, a very good general manager, and a lot of good players as well. Darren Dranger, NHL Insider on TSN, joining us. Darren, really appreciate the time really, and, and some great insight. Really appreciate it. Take care, okay? All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, Darren. All the best. Uh, have a great weekend. That was great. Yeah, no, awesome stuff, of course. Uh, don't expect any less from Dregs. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll dig into that game last night. Uh, we'll hear more from Rick Bonus as well. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. Well, welcome to the One Minute Power Play with Sarah McCarthy. Hey, Sarah. Hello. How's it going? Hi, Sarah. Um, just have some questions for the you. The Power here. Play no. with Sarah McCarthy. We have some very important questions for you, Sarah. Don't go, don't run away oh, just yet. Um, you saw this me trying from, to wheel away. Yeah, this one from Kevin. Uh, he says, "Is Sarah answering questions yet?" Kevin, text the show two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight. I said, "Of course." Do you have a question for her? Uh, Kevin says, "If Cam and Jim start a music duo, what would they be called?" Oh my gosh. Well, we can't use Skadge. That's trademark. That's three of us. That's Skadge <laughs> pizza, yeah. And that's <laughs> trademark, yeah. Yes. Plus your dad, the silent financer. Oh, my God. Yeah. I haven't silent got that. partner. You remind him about that money. Like, I've, yeah, I don't want to keep bugging I'll him. I'll get it's to been a it. I'm heading now. there this weekend. I'll okay. get to it. Make um, sure there's some petty cash, too. So <laughs> eight or nine mil. This, is, this question requires more thought. I think I'll have to get back to you. Okay, Next well, we're going to wait. And I, um, well, also, Kevin, there's a cliffhanger. Unless, we'll we'll yeah. talk to you on Monday, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> also, I got this one from some guy named Ken Coitrus. I don't know who this Ken Coitrus is, but he says, Sarah, I need some advice. Oh. I've kind of gotten wrapped up into something at work. 
I find it annoying. I have to do this thing with a couple of yahoos, and they kind of drag me into it. What do I do? How do you get out of something you're forced to do due to logistics at work? Is yeah. What yeah, I think that's what Ken Coitrus Ken Coitrus is trying to f- find out. It sounds really familiar. I really relate. Uh, what was it, Quinn? Ken, 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 Ken I really relate to his this. name is here. I'm sorry, we're out of time. That <laughs> is yep. your one minute Sarah McCarthy power play. Thanks, Sarah. See we'll you see later. On, we'll see you on Monday. Yep. Band on Monday, a duo. <laughs> you got to have an answer for us. Can't just be Poitras Ask and your dad. I know he's already well. like. Ask your dad. I know he's a radio it's guy. It's got to be thunder and lightning or something. It can't just be yeah. like Poitras and Toves. We'll brainstorm. Get yeah. back to you. Okay, we'll get back. Don't we'll forget about the stay backing. Stay tuned for Monday. Mr. McCarthy, don't um, forget about the backing. <laughs> that's right. Um, so as we look at the game last night, 3-2 uh, loss for the Winnipeg Jets to the Buffalo Sabres. Stubborn was the word uh, during yesterday's post-game conference with uh, head coach Rick Bonus. We had nothing going. When you don't have your legs and you don't feel your best out there the worst thing you can do is what we did tonight and just keep giving them the puck and all you're doing then is uh feeding their transition feeding their speed yet we were very stubborn uh with our puck management now now jim i i came in today a little hot okay and then i got this wonderful gift from from terry we're gonna get to that in a little bit and he he cooled my 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 uh Jets. or he warmed up my stone cold heart um, we're kind of switching things here a bit, but um, the, the Jets absolutely stunk up the joint yesterday, and I hated that they almost came back. Um, and you know, people spend their hard-earned money to see uh, to see an effort like that, and they deserve to be booed off the ice, in my estimations. Yesterday, the Winnipeg Jets. I understand the schedule's been grueling, um, except for a little bit of time around Christmas and just afterwards. It's been game after game after game. That wears on you, no doubt. I'm, I'm not in denial that this team needs a break. They certainly do. Things like this happen. Uh, but I, I don't think you can attribute last night's game to anything other than boneheaded hockey outside of um, uh, exhaustion or whatever excuse you're going to come up to. Because I don't know what exhaustion and tiredness has to do with coming off the road, having a day off, and that amounting to six or seven brutal turnovers in the first five or six minutes of that game that set the, that set the tone. And this issue with passing, um, trying to think you can fit the puck anywhere, it's just asinine behavior, this, this constant missing of the net, overpassing plays, missing offensive opportunities. It's more mental than physical exhaustion at this point, Jim, because no one's head was in the game yet last night except for Connor Hellebuck, who saved them from an even bigger embarrassment. Um, Hellebuck was great. The fact that he was constantly forced to leave the crease to pounce on pucks because of how bad the Jets were managing it, I, I think just absolutely spoke volumes. But I don't want to get into this player played bad, this play. There were some players that weren't bad, but who played worse? I mean, the whole entire team, they, they, they stunk. They stunk yesterday. Well, it may me, not have been their worst game of the year. I don't want to go into that. Like, I think that one in Vegas was pretty brutal, but this was definitely in the top three. Well, I, I, I don't – last night's game to me is there's not an excuse. Like we can say fatigue, we can – and I, I, I believe that there are reasons for this. Um, but last night's game is – I go back to the Ottawa game on that road trip. So that's over a week ago tomorrow. Yeah. And Rick Bonus preference in the pregame and then the postgame, he wants to see a greasy goal or two. And to me, that's what he's addressing here. The stubbornness of, I think he's for about three to four weeks been going, go to the net, be physical, be tough to play against, create something. This and then fancy the post game, stuff, this fancy stuff. <laughs> 
Well, here's the thing. You don't want to get that out of their game, but they clearly have let that become their game, and that's not how they got to this point this season. It's the fact that when you work – like Buffalo is a prime example last night. When you work hard and forecheck – there's then there's some fancy plays there, right? Yeah. Like how did the night the goal, the highlight of the night last night on every every sports desk was the Tag Thompson Tage yeah. Tage Thompson goal? It was, yeah, it was, and it was become off a hard four check with a great press and and pa- pass back. Um, so I, look, I, I love the idea that he's going to sit down because I think most coaches on a team that has this record would. Go, guys, this is unacceptable. Again, here's the same yeah. message I just gave you two weeks ago and see what happens tomorrow against Philly. And then reminder tomorrow and going into the game, this is the game plan. We we saw what happened against Buffalo. We have to do this. I love the fact that he's going, why don't you tell me why you didn't have it last night? Yeah. Like, tell me why that looked like the way it did, why this. Um, and and because he he's mentioned a couple times that he wants guys to shoot more. Well, last night, it just became this thing that this circus of who can make the most passes before we get a shot off. And then when the shot comes off, it's not on the net. They have to get back to being a gritty team. They have to get back to being a hard forechecking, tough to play against team. And then the lanes will be open for the pretty passes and the nice plays. And we've seen a couple of them this year. Tic-tac-toe in the offensive zone. And, And we've seen that on power plays and stuff. The power play isn't clicking. And they're getting horrible efforts like last night because of what Rick Bonus is addressing. It's stubbornness. It's the belief that you can score beautiful goals and win games. They have to get back to what he's been saying for over a week now and probably weeks. Greasy hard work is going to allow a very high-skilled team to score five or more goals a game like we saw earlier in the season. Yeah, and it's not like there hasn't been a blueprint set earlier in the season that showed that this is exactly what's working. And why this isn't working? What's going on here? So I'm not like I'm not upset about last night's game. I totally understand why fans had, have had it. Yeah, we're going to get to some text messages and we're, here. we're yeah. ticked off with it. Uh, I know that people are going. This isn't a contending team, and this isn't a playoff team. Well, I'll ask you this: of the f- close to 50 games you saw this year, who is this mm. team? Is it who you saw last night, or is it of the f- close to 50 games, the 30 plus that were pretty good? Yeah, and then the 10 or the five that were excellent. And then the five that, you know, they probably shouldn't have won, didn't have their A game, but eked it out. Mm -hmm. And then the stinker like last night and the stinker they had a week ago. I get like you're you're seeing this trend here. I do in the big picture believe they need an all-star break. I think they've played a ton of hockey in two months, but I I don't want to put any of that on last night's game. Yeah, it's been compact I just think the break will do them good, like John Shannon said. But last night's game is unacceptable, and I love the fact he's going to ask the players. But I don't think last night's game is who this team is. That's why everyone is so upset, because they've seen better from this team and seen a lot of it. And they just didn't last night. Yeah, I mean, some I, I and I and I'll say it again. I think the Jets deserve to be booed off the ice yesterday. That's how bad the effort is. If you're paying that kind of money, and, and this there's one texture here, and there's a couple. Uh, Rudy texts the show. I'm by 100 entitled to your own opinion on this. I, I um, Rudy says bad effort, but not booed off the ice. If that that's BS, the players and coaches will work it out. Yes, they stunk, but us Winnipeggers will stand behind good or bad. I'm not saying I'm not standing behind the Winnipeg Jets, but when you're paying that kind of cash to go and see a game, and some people they save up 
all year long to go to one NHL game, and you have an effort like that last night where you can muster up 11 shots in the first two periods, and you turn the puck over every five seconds, and you can't get anything else not, done. I, I, I don't like that. And some, someone else te- texts me. He says, don't agree with you on booing the team. Never boo either. your team ever. Don't care if they stunt. Well, no, I don't believe in that either. I don't believe that you should never boo your team. I, I don't believe that they deserve to be booed last night. Um, oh, I do. But, but I, I don't I like to. I don't do. like to tell fans who pay the money what they should and shouldn't do. Even throwing the jersey on the ice, I think that's the dumbest, stupidest. Oh, I can agree with you on most that. Ridiculous, 100%. disrespectful yeah. thing you can ever do. Yeah. But I'm not going to tell a fan not to do it that paid $300 for the jersey and $300 for the ticket. This texter says. If but that being said, yeah. I just I don't I wouldn't have booed them like <laughs> they're second in the West. They had an awful game last night, and it was from they poor effort and lazy and bad passes. Yes, you want to boo them over that? Yeah, I do. Okay, I think I think you deserve. I think they deserved it yesterday. I think it was the execution was that poor. I think it was that bad of a game. I was see now I'm getting heated up again. See, I it would last year bad. have booed them more, and you know I would have done it last year around game sixty of last year is because this year's team is what I thought they are. Yeah. And to do it for 60 games last year, that's when I would have been like, this is... It was but, just, but I get that we're talking booing the team for the overall effort, and then we're talking about booing the team for last night. Like, when they, no, over, when, when they overpassed effort. last night and didn't get a shot off on like, a three-on-one, that I could see getting yeah, a boo. That's what I'm, that's that, what I'm yeah. talking about. That's what I'm talking about okay. is that sort of stuff. Okay, can you, can you agree with me on that? Is when, is when you're coming into— Because it was the third time in the game yes. they overpassed and, you're trying and didn't to, get a shot and, and off. Jim, you're trying to get the puck out of your yeah, own okay. zone, okay. and you're chipping I'll the puck out. I'll give you one boo. Lazy, behind-the-back passes like that. You, I'll give you one I'm boo I'm setting a boo out there. I'm sorry. I am. Let's hear your best boo. Boo! Get the puck out. That's that's me from the stats. Yeah, Boo! but I also get understand. Get the puck out, <laughs> Come on! I better get the puck out next time. That jerk up in there in the stands is telling me to get it out. Here's some text messages from you guys. <laughs> and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, uh, Mark would like to join you on the show. Tomorrow. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, great! Oh. What's this about? Yeah, I heard so- you boo. <laughs> Uh, this texter says there was a Jets team out there was giving out free pizzas all night. This one, Jim and Cam, from a contender to a pretender in six games. You don't win games with 13 giveaways. A face-off percentage, absolutely disgraceful. Bonus magic seems to have worn off this team. is in serious trouble. I I don't subscribe to that whatsoever. I think we also need to remember that, while, yeah, yesterday was that bad, I'm not ready to sell the farm here. My goodness gracious, these teams two points from from first place in the Western Conference. I could see them... Last night and even today, looking they're at five some of for that. five over their last ten games, Jim. It's not like that. This is a this is a co- complete collapse. They're in yeah. a tough stretch. Well, that's what I meant about in the bigger picture. I don't want to put anything else other than bad play on last night's game. Yeah. But bigger picture, it's what fifteen games in in twenty or thirteen games in twenty it's, some days. It's been brutal. You it's throw brutal. in two road trips in that, and I get the text from the people like, "Oh, it's traveled. They're elite athletes." And I'm like, "Dude, I fly home and wait in an airport, and I know they're chartered and all this. I'm tired after traveling for yeah. so." I, I just I'm I'm the big picture. I do think like come All Star break, they need a three or four days to just be off the ice, not think about hockey, and come back refreshed, regrouped, and get back to the the system that has worked. But last night's game was poor play, and and there's no there. It's not. It's going to happen. It was awful. Yeah. 
Um, and there's been another game like this this year. It was the Montreal game. Sorry. It was, yeah, yeah I'm thinking just in my recently. head the Montreal game. But in this 5-5 five and five stretch, they've also gone into Pittsburgh and had their best effort of the year. They've also gone into <laughs> Ottawa yeah. Yeah. and absolutely dismantled the Sens team that has a very good power play. So I'm not making excuses. I just, if this happens five more times in the next 10 games, I can see fans being upset. But yeah. I just don't think that last night is what this team is. I think what their record is is what they are. I 100% agree. I, I, I think that this team is going to figure it out. Boo, Toth. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you get your act together, Toth? <laughs> I just... <laughs> You've mispronounced four names. <laughs> I don't say anything. The first three were okay. But. <laughs> um, yeah, more text messages from you guys. This one from Chris. Man, I'm upset about yesterday's game. But I, I, I think that the Jets are going to figure this. I, I know they're going to figure it out. Uh, this is from Chris. Uh, man, I'm upset about yesterday's game. In the four games I've been in this season, it's a 50-50 shot that the Jets will bother to show up. I uh, I think it's disrespectful to fans. This one from Chris. Uh, this one, hey, guys, love the Jets, but was hoping they would have gotten booed off the ice. That was an embarrassment, and they please uh, can get someone to win some face-offs. This one from Jay from Grand Beach. Hello, guys. It's Jay from the... Well, he says Grand Beach, but now he says he's from the Maples. So I, I, maybe Cottages in Grand Beach. But was wondering what you think about Dubois and his offensive zone penalties. It's getting old. Well, the thing about uh, Dubois is you just have to accept some level of penalties. He's going to draw I a lot. I do accept of, some of them. They are old. There's yeah, too many of them I agree. for halfway yeah. point of the season in the offensive zone. There's too many offensive zone penalties from Pierre-Luc Dubois. Can Jets not afford to pay Hellebuck $10 million in the next contract? This is something we said we are going to talk about today. Um, we, we got about a minute and a half, well, I think, before we can take a break. I don't think they can afford, I don't think goaltending combined should cost the team $10 million. Uh, it's, and except that includes for, a Vesna winner. Except for Tampa, who are paying uh, Vasilevsky nine and a half. It's been the kiss of death for the Panthers. Let me ask you this. And for the Montreal This Canadiens. is why. If he gets hurt and is out for two months. Which is possible. It's you cannot pay your goaltending ten million dollars combined. Yeah, it, it forces you to bring in a you guy. You can pay every your goaltender yeah. six, and I've thought about this because we'll and we'll get into this. Look, the All Star yeah. breaks coming. We'll talk about stuff like this in general. But I I think if your goaltending combined is costing you eight or less, that's a win. Yeah. So I don't pay Hellebuck. Vesna winners. I I'll, with Hellebuck because he's drafted here. If he wins another Vesna then I could see them going seven with him and just understanding that your backups for yeah. the rest of time while he's here are going to cost you 1.5 or less, yeah. or no more than two. But you, it, in my mind, you handcuff your team when you wrap up $10 million in one goalie, let alone two. Yeah, and, I, and it forces you to have a constant cycle on the backup. And again, just like you said, you're going to be spending seven fifty nine hundred on a backup. Um, I mean, the Winnipeg Jets aren't. And then that backup gets hurt. Yeah. So this stuff happens. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, I got a nice little gift and I want to give a little bit of a shout out uh, because somebody wants me to do better for my rabbit wrench. No more booing today. No more. The booing's over. That's enough. I got it out of my system. I'll give you that one after the third three on one with no shot coming. Okay, thanks for giving me that. They know that. I'm not like a. You don't think they get up today and go, oh, I should have fired well, that's, that about somebody three texts times. Somebody texts us, and, and they're right. Um, this texter says, you think that they need to be booed to know they crapped the bed last night? It's a good point. Could you could you imagine that if they got up and they did? like? I mean, I bet you Shifley's like, oh, I should have shot that three times before <laughs> I passed it. Well, come on. Like, that stuff just drives me nuts, and especially when it's been a trend. You can't, you can't tell. 
I think you're. I didn't even know you were upset. You're so down. Matt, now you're teasing. You're now so you're down teasing to me. earth. It's just hard to know when you're worked up. <laughs> oh God, we'll be right back. Boo, 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 boo. Nice pronunciation, Toth. Boo. <laughs> Chats at noon on six eighty CJOB. Well, I got to work today, and I got a, I got a package. It was a gift lift for me. Um, from my friend uh, Terry Bias. He sent me a little... uh, Terry Bias? Yeah, Terry Bias. Um, We'll we'll get into it here. Uh, I was on the start earlier this morning talking about it. We we just had a little bit where I was talking about my rabbit and how I, you know, sometimes I would forget to, not forget to feed him, but forget to get him the, the you know, the kibbles and stuff like that and the stuff I that he likes. I didn't forget to feed him. I didn't forget him. to feed him. And anyway, so Terry days. left me. And so anyway, so Greg Mackling during that conversation g- gave me a shirt and, um, or he said, you need a shirt made that says, do better for Reg, which is the name of my rabbit. And uh, Terry was nice enough to send me a shirt with that exact on it. If you want to see the sh- the shirt, go to my Twitter it's account awesome. at Cam at noon. Um, so Terry left me a card, so I thought uh, I had to give him a call and thank him. Hello. Hey, who's this? It's Terry Bias. Terry, um, I got a gift uh, today. It's a Cam Poitras from Jets at Noon here on 680 CJOB. I got a gift today. Um, well, I hope you like it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, this is a, an absolutely fantastic gift. I can't stop smiling. Um, it's it's absolutely awesome. Enjoy it. My wife is losing it. She was so she's <laughs> like she absolutely loves it. I can't thank you enough, man. Like this is this is awesome stuff. So, uh, Terry, just just tell me about uh, your, your your business. Hey, well, uh, just started a t-shirt printing business a few months ago. Uh, it's running alongside my Canadian marketing system, Rubber Stamp Company. Uh, we're located at 135 Midland Street, corner of Midland, Dublin, Notre Dame. And you, for the t-shirt company, you can reach me at 204 793 Seven one eight eight, and uh, I, I, I glad it uh, made you, you smile. That's all I was looking for. Of course, the most important thing: do better for Reg, right, Terry? Exactly. You got it, man. I'll be back Monday. See ya. Jets at noon on six eighty CJOB.